0: Yeah, we're moving to Aircon 4. Somebody inform the Joint Chiefs, please. Tell you what, it's warm today. It's only going to be for a couple of days. We are such wimps and whingers, aren't we, in these parts? In these parts, but it's warm today. It'll be warmer again tomorrow. We should embrace it. Uh, Maybe it would be easier to embrace it if we weren't working and we were sitting out in it, but anyway such is life. Welcome to Thursday's Richie Allen Show. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now here's your host Richie Allen That is myself, the BBG Then it's the 16th of June 2022, Thursday's show, nice to be with you to be with you nice, thanks for joining me Do get in touch with me through the website, comment live on the menu bar Love to hear from you In fact I need to hear from you today, so get in touch Ask me a question Ask me something, tell me something Ask me or tell me, it's entirely up to you. Today is um, one of those days, it's only, it's one of only three days in my broadcasting career. Where? Not for the want of trying, and that's the, important I want you to remember that, not for the want of trying, um, but I, I don't bring you very much, I just bring you me. <laughs> what have you brought me, Baldy? Well, me, I've brought me to the table. I don't have very much in the way of editorial. Now, I've got some talking points that I think are interesting, but I've not got much editorial in terms of audio. It's just been one of those days, like I said a couple of times during the course of my career, there's been very little going on or very little that inspired me to record it, to bring it to you, to say, hey, listen to this, what do you think of, of this? And then um, Eric Karlstrom, I've, I've rescheduled Eric until next Tuesday, because I wasn't very prepared for the conversation that I'm going to have with Eric, because I didn't have the time to get into the necessary research. That's no big deal. So I'm on me lonesome tonight with, with you, and that's all right. We can have a chat. I hope we can. I hope we're still friends. But um, it takes me back to my early radio days. It takes me back, actually, to my to my mid-level radio days, when I was once challenged during my days in spain i was once challenged by a supervisor although he wasn't really he was an agent but he was the guy given the keys to the building so he thought of himself as a supervisor he did say to me one night i was on between 8 and 11 and he said to me i bet you you can't go on air between 8 and 11 without any callers or without any music now we were limited to playing three songs an hour anyway because We were a talk station. And I said, we'll see about that. No music, no. No phone calls, no. I'll have a go at it. And I started gabbing away. And I swear to God and to his esteemed son, Jesus, I was still there at three minutes to (laughs) eleven. Talking monumental. You know how that finishes, don't you? Honestly, I did. No no word of a lie. No word of a lie. It's true. So uh, I would have been good at the filibustering if I had ever sold my soul and gotten into politics. You know about the filibustering. It's where a couple of people or even one person can um, hold up Parliament to prevent decisions being made or legislation being passed just by talking forever. Nonsense. I can do that without repeating myself. I wonder if, if there's a Guinness Book of World Records. There is There's a Guinness Book of World Records for everything. I was listening to the BBC this morning and I learned that there is a Guinness Book of World Records for the longest caravan of ice cream trucks. There's actually a Guinness Book of World Records. There's a Guinness Record for the longest caravan of ice cream trucks. And there are rules to these ridiculous records. The rules for the ice cream trucks are each truck must be no more than one metre apart from the one in front of it and the one behind it. And it has to travel a certain distance. And presumably the guy from the Guinness Book of World Records or the woman or the woman will be standing there with a clipboard and they might have got some electronic devices to measure the distance between the ice cream trucks. The record is 95 and a crowd of ice cream truck owners in the Midlands went to a race course this morning, you know where they race horses, and attempted to break the world record. What I couldn't understand was the lack of imagination. 95 trucks was the record. They took 96 trucks down to this race course this morning. Where's the imagination? Why didn't they take 99? Exactly. Even an Egypt like me could could think, why not 99-like? 99. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that that to you as unprepared as you might think I am. I'm not going to talk about ice creams now. But but seeing, seeing as we're on the subject, nothing beats a loop-the-loop or a fat frog. Right. Um. Chemtrails is trending on Twitter again. I say again because I noticed last week that Chemtrails was trending. Why does it trend? Well, usually because somebody, not necessarily somebody who is in entertainment or who is in the media, but somebody with a large number of followers takes to Twitter to photograph, to post some photographs of chemtrails. And then you get some scientists coming out of the woods, coming out of the woodwork, I should say, not the woods, attempting to debunk the chemtrail believer. It's happened a few times. And um, it it takes me back, because in my early, early days of non-mainstream Radio. When I come away from that, and I had my break, and then I went back into radio, but I was doing conspiracy. I was interviewing conspiracy researchers. Chemtrails is one that I, for a short time, was reluctant to kind of acknowledged that I knew there was something going on. Why? Were you a big coward, Baldy? No. But I was trying to box clever at the time. I, I thought, well, we're talking about false flag operations, false flag events. These are real things. We're talking about intelligence agencies overthrowing governments. These are real things. We're talking about intelligence agencies sending people like the lovely John Perkins into Central American countries to make deals with dictators to get those countries into debt so those countries could be taken over by corporations. We're doing all of this and I'm trying to get people to consider some of this as genuine. If I go all in on the chemtrails and endorse it or say I believe it's really going on, I might discredit the programme. I was foolish enough to think like that back then. I don't do that anymore. Incidentally, I must acknowledge because I've just said that I don't self-censor anymore. I had a wonderfully abusive email from somebody called Paul. I can't read it out because it's too long. But Paul basically accused me. Why would I tell you stuff like this? Well, this is interesting. He accused me of being some Masonic uh, indoctrinated shill um, who 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 everybody knows is controlled opposition because I absolutely refuse to talk about the Holocaust hoax I refuse to talk about germ and terrain theory and because I don't talk about flat earth, so I'm controlled opposition. Paul's a bit of an idiot. Um, I've interviewed people who don't believe the Holocaust happened and I argued with them because I don't agree with them. So that's not something I have attempted to, to censor. I've I've made room for it on the programme out of curiosity. Um, as for germ and terrain theory, uh, I've talked about that quite a bit. I interviewed Dr Andrew Kaufman or Kaufman. I had the lovely Jenny Lowe's on, the vastly experienced nurse who's very open-minded to the possibility of terrain theory. Um, So I've done all of that. I've not tried to hide that or prevent the discussion of that on the programme. And as for the flat earth theory, I don't give a shit. And I reserve the right to not give a shit about certain theories. Not to be interested in them. I'm mentioning flat earth so my listeners now can go on YouTube or they can go on the internet and they can read Eric Dubois du or Dubois is that his name, and do all of that and make your own mind up. I'm not interested in it. I reserve some rights for myself. I'm not going to yawn my way through some bloke attempting to convince me the earth is flat. Uh, I just don't care, to be honest. So, so there you are, Paul. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Everything has been discussed on this programme. And um, it will in the future, but yeah, with the chemtrails thing, I I used to. This is years ago now. I used to think you really did, th- you know, you'll undo any good you might be doing by talking about the other things. But I was an idiot, of course, and um, I, I began to, to talk about it. I remember speaking uh, many many times to Michael Murphy. Loved Michael. I don't think he's been well for a while, Michael. I hope he's better. But Michael made the series of films that began with what in the world are they spraying? Um, I don't believe that the trails that hang around in the sky and begin to expand, expand out and leave this, you know, what was a beautifully sunny day with a very blue sky. I don't believe that it's basically ice crystals, water vapour off of a jet engine. I don't buy that for a minute. But yeah, it's trending on Twitter this afternoon. And uh, some of those Twitter users who are saying that they believe that heavy metals are being sprayed into the atmosphere, well, they are getting a pile on. They are being piled on by people claiming to be scientists. Interesting. But a couple of times over the years, I've interviewed meteorologists. And a long time ago, I interviewed a pilot who isn't around anymore. He passed away. And he confirmed what I think you and I believe that the chemtrail phenomenon phenomenon is real. Geoengineering is real. It is happening, regardless of what some Muppets on Twitter or Instagram may say. RichieAllen.co.uk, my website, comment live, please speak to me, please. Please. Right, this is very important. The only newspaper who picked up on this today, I think, so I stand to be corrected, so I should say I think, is the telegraph? It wasn't picked up by any radio show that I listened to. What did I listen to today? I had three on the go at one stage. I had LBC on breakfast and mid morning. I had a bit of talk TV or talk radio on and BBC Radio 2, a bit of Jeremy Vine. Was it Vine I had on anyway? Nobody picked up on this, but it is, I think, hugely important and it's about a new report that is concluded pretty comprehensively that the severe restrictions imposed on care homes by the Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon are likely to have contributed to emotional decline and death. Now, this is huge. Don't shout at me, this is not news, don't shout, this is huge. Because it's out there, right? It isn't new, we knew it in 2020, but it's out there now. This is Scotland's independent public inquiry into the handling of the pandemic. So Scotland's independent public inquiry has gotten a university involved to have a good look at the restrictions, the legality of them, and whether the restrictions con- con- you know, contributed to death. And also, if that could have been foreseen, like when you impose such restrictions on care homes, on care home residents and on their family members, could you have guessed that this might have led to bad outcomes for those people? Now, the report claims the legal basis for confining residents to their rooms and banning visitors was unclear. The 143-page report, produced by Edinburgh Napier University, as I said, at the behest of Scotland's independent public inquiry into the handling of the pandemic. And it found that there, quote, little evidence, end quote, in the early months of the COVID outbreak that the human rights of residents and their families were considered. Little evidence, zero evidence that the human rights of people confined to care homes and their families were given a jot of a thought. The research acknowledged, I'm reading from the Telegraph now, that the need for some restrictions was understandable, given the vulnerability of care home residents prior to the vaccination programme and the large number of deaths in the sector. Now, you and I would call bullshit on that. There was no need for any restrictions. Dosing seniors, I mean, we, we shouldn't speak about seniors as if they're some foreign object. You know, these are our grandparents. And, 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 and grand-aunts and grand-uncles, the most important people on planet Earth, the people who possess the knowledge, the experienced ones. I hate to say um, seniors, but I do find myself saying it. So, we, we, we believe it's bullshit. We believe, and we've heard from doctors, I've heard from some of the most senior doctors in the last three years, on this programme and on other programmes, that the thing to do with the more um, elderly, of our neighbours and friends and family is to dose them up with vitamin D, 3, vitamin C, zinc, and maybe magnesium, maybe. Before you get to the winter. Boost their levels. Give them a good chance. Another another thing that was said to me by a doctor was bring those, your loved ones, your dear ones, bring them out all the time. Even in the freezing effing cold. Get them out of the bloody care home. Get an Aran jumper on them, a good knitted Aran jumper, a lovely scarf, a lovely woolly hat. Get them properly warm, but get them out, preferably to the seaside if you can. And get them breathing fresh air. Get the wind on their faces while you're dosing them every day. Again, it sounds like they're, they're animals. While you are giving them the supplements they need. So there were, there wasn't any need for any restrictions. We'll leave that there. So the article goes on. However, it concluded they were arguably discriminated against compared to other citizens. The Napier report was compiled by a team from the University School of Health and Social Care led by someone called Professor Colin McKay. He says in the report, right, it's led by him, so presumably this is his quote. There is substantial evidence of the harm and distress caused to residents and their families by the restrictions imposed in care homes. This includes concerns that, particularly for people with dementia, being unable to maintain contact with their family exacerbated cognitive and emotional decline, potentially hastening their death. This is damning now. Overall, there was convincing evidence that while public health measures were brought in to protect the Scottish population – That's bullshit. It goes on to say the impact of these changes on the daily lives of some vulnerable populations and people involved in their care were not fully considered. Now this isn't a cheap line. You know, I'm not playing to the gallery here. I'm not giving my listeners what they want, but Nicola Sturgeon is evil incarnate. I remember her cackling her way through the COVID briefings, the you taking a certain kind of glee. She couldn't contain herself as she laid down one devastating lockdown law after another. And somebody said to me some time ago, in fact, it might have been on one of the phone-ins, somebody gently ribbed me and said that I'm, me as a presenter, I tend to be harsher on female politicians and female public figures than I do on men. And the person cited my constant haranguing of Jimmy Cranky, Nicola Sturgeon, comments I've made about Jess Phillips and about Stella Creasy and about Yvette Cooper. And I've thought about that because I've got very thick skin. I don't mind the criticism. And I asked myself, are you harder on women? Is there a misogynistic streak running through you? And I thought long and hard about it. And the answer is no. It's not quite as cut and dry as that. The answer is I've always put women on a pedestal. And if my better half was here, she'd tell you that. I think women are better than men. How do, you, how do I qualify that? Are, are women morally superior to men? No. Maybe not, but I don't expect of women the things I um, can understand or accept from men. The nature versus nurture thing. I don't expect women to be like that to be like that bastard. And I was accused of misogyny for calling her ugly. And it was thrown back at me. Of course, that's the joke, the, the irony. I'm the beanpole with the, with the baldy head on me. But the point I was trying to make at the time is I've met women and I'm sure you've met women and you've met men that weren't, you know, drop-dead gorgeous by any stretch of the imagination, but you were attracted to them because of their character, because of their personality. And um, I, I think evil people like Sturgeon, they wear it on their features. Their features betray sometimes what they are. Sturgeon is a horrible troll to look at. And that's not me being misogynistic, calling a woman ugly. It's because of what she is. She's a cancer. Every one of them is a cancer. You've got a top university and a public inquiry finding... That they didn't give a rat's arse about the human rights of those residents. And that their callous disregard of those people led to their death. Forget taking people with COVID from hospital and dropping them into care homes. Cranky and her mob in in Holyrood killed people, tortured people. Tortured. It's torture to take an infirm and elderly man or woman, to confine them to their room, to surround them by people wearing PPE equipment so they can barely tell who's speaking to them from time to time, let alone understand what it is they are being communicated, and then deny them for, for, for a year, for two years, access to their sons and daughters and grandchildren. John Waters, the great Irish journalist, said on this programme, didn't he? They should be horsewhipped, And that sounds mild, but do you remember the emotion in his voice when he said that? What should be done to these fucking bastards? But not to Dickie Bird in the broadcast media. <laughs> Please, if I'm wrong, send me a link. I hate being wrong like that. If I find a link, I'll play it. If one presenter had the balls today to say that the public inquiry in Scotland... Has basically accused Nicholas Sturgeon of manslaughter. And I'm not exaggerating in saying that. Basically accused Nicholas Sturgeon of manslaughter. This is Thursday's Richie Allen show. It's 21 minutes past the hour. I hope you're well this Thursday. I'm with you for as long as I'm with you. I have no idea. Hopefully it'll be for 90 minutes at least anyway. It says Scorchio Tremendo. Here's the smashing pumpkins. Yeah, if all the smashing pumpkins had ever released was that tune, 1979, that would have been good enough for me. Scottish Al says, you're right about Sturgeon not being a looker, Richie. Her nickname when she was at university was seaweed, as even the tide wouldn't take her out. Now, I've I've dropped some horrendously bad gags, Al, on this programme. That's garbage, that. That is absolutely garbage. Chris says, my dad lost his last summer to the stupid shit that came about in 2020. A report along the lines of this one... From Scotland COVID measures showing the destructive nature of the lockdown care home measures in particular was published in Australia or maybe in New Zealand from a public body. It came out over a year ago. Chris do me a favour well some of you read back your messages on the website before posting them. It doesn't take that long like. Read them back out loud before pressing enter and think about somebody having to read it aloud on air. (laughs) Christopher come on. Right I get what you're saying. A report was published down under that decried lockdowns and talked about how devastating they were for the health of those subjected to them. The information was out there. They knew to begin with says Chris and his own father um lost his last summer being locked down and I think you mentioned that Chris before uh, probably back around the same time the, the, the time it happened. And you have my absolute deepest sympathy, anybody who went through that. it's a, I can't imagine it, so I don't want to imagine it. Steve says Sturgeon and her ilk are hardcore Marxist psychopaths. Peter says, lovely afternoon where I was in the UK Southwest, lying on the grass of a disused aerodrome, reading my Express and the uh, European Court of Human Rights shenanigans. Warm but not hot with a small breeze, he says, and plenty of chemtrails to keep him cool. Thank you, Peter. Death by legislation, says Gaz. Bramble says, look at the state of Blair to see sheer evil operating upon a walking less than human being. Blair's a great example of somebody who wears his evil on his on his countenance. Absolutely. Joan in Toronto. How are you, Joan? Lovely to hear from you. I'm not sure if you've heard, she says. I have, Joan. I was going to give it a mention, but we might as well give it a mention now. Uh, The mandates have been suspended in Canada. That's why I read this on the BBC this morning. She says, I was waiting for this news as I wanted to attend my nephew's wedding in the UK in July. Suspension is for Canadian and international outgoing flights which does me absolutely no good to return to Canada. I'll have to wear a mask provide a test and I'll have to quarantine for two weeks. This is no win says Joan. It's upsetting and frustrating. Needless to say I can't come for the wedding Trudeau who has COVID again supposedly is still being raked over the coals so he's hiding again says Joan at least you can see the funny side of it Joan Speaking of idiots that are claiming to have COVID Anthony Fauci is apparently down with COVID I was on the Reuters website a bit earlier on And noticed that Fauci is isolating (sighs) Scottish John Good afternoon Scottish John Enjoyed chatting with you yesterday Sturgeon had me fooled Richie And she still has a lot of Scots Thinking they're going to be independent Not happening says John John you and I both know Independence from the Crown, from the United Kingdom, wonderful ambition. Why not? But to hand it over to Brussels, not good. Look at the state of my country. Look at the ever-fucking state of Ireland. That is the Republic of Ireland. The state of it. Minister for Finance can't draft a budget in my country without European Union oversight. It's a vassal state, an outpost of tyranny. The tyranny of Brussels is Ireland. I've talked about it too long. I won't bore you to death Death even with it today. Nellie said, Richard, here's a question. When you consider how huge the universe is beyond our imagination, do you believe that this false construct that we live in, and I don't mean the natural world, but the construct built around money, cities, corporations, the workplace, etc., etc., is all there is? In my opinion, it can't be. I'm not religious in the sense, but Jesus said, there are many rooms in my father's house. Did he mean dimensions? Asks Nellie. Brilliant question, Nellie. Brilliant question. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm with you. This can't be all there is to it. This existence, this paradigm. Really good post that. Lucy says, Richie, listening from Northern Ireland, I've started keeping a list of people known to me who have fallen ill or died from anything listed by Pfizer in their documents release. Pfizer were compelled by a federal judge to start dumping documents into the public domain. Documents pertaining to the COVID jab trials. They've not made good reading for Pfizer. It's embarrassing for Pfizer because the documents show that Pfizer knew that it's horrible jab which doesn't uh, prevent anyone getting anything and isn't really a vaccine. Pfizer knew that it could result in the recipient coming down with any number of autoimmune diseases and worse. Well said, Lucy. And good idea to keep a list of people who you know and love who uh, have died or fallen ill from anything listed by Pfizer in their documents. Lucy says there are 16 people on my list and two have died. Most are around my age, 45. One was a 16-year-old who had two cardiac arrests and survived, but now has a pacemaker. You're shitting me, Lucy. 16 two heart attacks pacemaker. Presumably they are saying he had some congenital problem with his heart. Are they saying that? And let's be honest now. Let's be honest. Let's not be the truth or industrial complex. Let's be honest. That might be the case. Every now and then they do discover a defect in the heart of a young boy or girl through sports. But uh, it could be the jabs, of course. Chris says, uh, Richie, having worked in health and social care for 14 years before being dismissed, only a handful of families wanted to visit their elderly relatives when allowed to. Maybe it was a good excuse to not visit them due to the demic. It was inhumane and cruel. Again, Chris. I'll play devil's advocate here. Most of the people who live around us, our age... They believed this shit, Chris. They believed it. They swallowed it hook, line and sinker. So some of them would have ha- had they would have had genuine concern that they could kill their elderly relatives if they went to see them in a care home. I hear you, pal. I know there are people who abandon mum or dad in a care home and wash their hands of them. I know there, there are. And some of those people might have good reason. You know, they, they might have had very bad parents. You might say... If I, I shouldn't say good reason, but you, you might understand why some people would do that. But um, a lot of people were scared of it. They were scared of it. It's 27 minutes to the top of the air. I'll come back to more of your comments in a moment. Now, a new report, and this is interesting, which surveyed 5,000 people. And I did notice on my website today, one or two people saying that a survey of 5,000 people doesn't really give you any you know, picture of what the public is thinking because there are 67 million people living in the UK. That's not true. You're, you're actually wrong to think like that. Can I call, can I say you're wrong? Whoever posted that on the website, not because I know any more than you, but I've, I've had insight. I've, I've had a, I, I was given a very good insight many, many years ago during my commercial days of how the polls work, and the science behind them. Now look, they're often wrong. Especially, especially when it comes to polling people in terms of polling them to ask them who they are most likely to vote for in a forthcoming election, admittedly. But generally, when they go out to people and ask them a series of very detailed questions about their opinions on one particular issue, if you get 5,000 people, and it's a, it's, it's a big... That's a, first of all, that's a big focus group, 5,000. And it will be people from pretty much every background. You do tend to get a fairly rounded picture of what people are thinking. So that's the big preamble. A new report suggests that the majority of Britons are against so-called trans women competing in female sports. Now, that's not the big takeaway here. Okay? Don't be bashing trans people. Most trans people are nice people. They, they, they don't want any hassle. They don't want to be dragged into these debates but the thing I took away from this is what you'll hear in a moment. So 5,000 people surveyed, only 19% were in favour of allowing trans athletes compete with women, 57% said that biological males should not compete with females. Right, fair enough. Now, the report found consistent opposition to biological males in women's sport in every group surveyed, even among groups who backed transgender inclusion in other parts of public life. The think tank covered convened 20 focus groups across the country and said it wanted to highlight the common ground in a, quote, toxic, end quote, policy area. The organisation was set up by Brendan Cox, poo, uh, widower, widower of the murdered MP Joe Cox after her death in 2016. Researchers found that most people started from a point of kindness. Now this is my takeaway. This is my takeaway from this. Researchers found that most people started from a point of kindness when asked about trans rights. They were happy to use preferred pronouns, but some did not want to be shouted at for inadvertently using the wrong one. Support for trans women using women's lavatories and changing rooms depended on whether they had undergone gender reassignment surgery. Those who had... Those who had were twice as welcome in single-sex spaces as biological males who identified as women. So if someone had surgery then, a transsexual, the transsexual was twice as welcome, according to the survey, to enter a single-sex space, twice as welcome as a biological male who identified as a woman would be. But sport proved to be the red line. This is not for any ideological or philosophical reason, but a simple instinct for fairness. The report said that men have physical advantages over women means that for many people surveyed the inclusion of trans women in women only sports isn't fair and will lead to an uneven competition. So I took away several things from that that I really liked because it correlates with what I've been saying for several years, that there is no endemic intolerance among people in this country. It just isn't true the great majority of people are not intolerant to the ethnic minority. They are not intolerant to the gay or lesbian, and they are not intolerant to the trans person. They are largely kind when they encounter people in a minority group. Happy to use pronouns. Treat me like an adult. Ask me to use the pronoun. Meet me halfway, and of course I will. Of course I respect your right to live as a woman. Don't shout at me and tell me what I have to do. Fairness. Um, I'm more likely to support the transsexual woman using female-only spaces than I am the man who says he's a woman. Fairness. We don't want to chuck trans women out of female sports because we're a bunch of bigots. B- because we're fair. We don't think that it's fair. 5,000 people, 20 focus groups across the country and they found that there really is no hostility whatsoever to trans women or trans men or LGBTQ plus people. There isn't. The great majority of people you meet in your lifetime Think of the people you've met in recent years, recent months, that you met by accident, that you met through happenstance. You're in a pub, you started talking to somebody. You're on holiday in the Lake District, or you're in Cornwall, you end up at a table talking to somebody in a cafe. You meet somebody on a train. Most of the people you meet in your life are nice people who don't hold hostility in their hearts for anybody. And that's what that survey found. And I believe it. And I've been saying it on this programme uh, for years now. It ain't true. There isn't any endemic intolerance among people. It is exactly 21 minutes to at the top of the air. Drop me a message through my website richieallen.co.uk more of your comments. Now, Ballas says, the skyscrapers slash masons of the air were certainly hammering away today in the northwest quadrant of England Anyone who den- I, I don't understand that. Anyone who denies this is and has been going on in earnest since 1997, is a feckin' liar and is either sick as proverbial pig shite or on board with the Luciferian global agenda. Yeah, again, I, I, I'll ask you when you want me to read a comment out, read it back yourself and ask yourself, does it make any sense before you post it? Just do me a, a little favour, if you don't mind. Um, Max lockdown says, "Thanks, Max. You're asking people to tweet stuff. I'm not on Twitter, pal. Uh, sadly, not sadly. I don't. I don't miss Twitter. I don't have any use for it anymore. Let me uh, scroll back up those comments there because they're coming in thick and fast on Thursdays. Richie Allen show, the sixteenth of June. We're uh, rapidly approaching the summer solstice now. Uh, okay. Ian says it might have been his comment. Read the five thousand being too small." But he says he admits to a prejudice towards statistics and studies. Statistics, lies and damn statistics or something. I, I know that quote. Yeah, look, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 40% of old people know that. I get you. I get you. But when they do a focus group like that, and they go in-depth, and it's not your basic who you're going to vote for, you know. Um, do you approve of Boris Johnson? Do you feel he's doing a good job? It's not that. It's an in-depth Questioning of people. Lovely. John says, calling RTE before the Oireachtas over its dispute with Dublin Pride is a direct line to totalitarianism. I've written about this on the website today. Dublin Pride runs LGBTQ plus affairs in Dublin. Uh, It's obviously staffed by a bunch of idiots, lunatics. It's screaming bloody murder because a programme called Liveline, presented by a, a veteran presenter called Joe Duffy, last week had a series of phone-ins about the issues we've just been discussing, trans issues. Now, this afternoon, while looking for inspiration for this programme, I found a link to one of the Joe Duffy programmes on YouTube, and I listened to it in the background. And I have to say, it was excellently handled by the presenter, Joe Duffy. At all times, he was fair. At all times, he challenged anything that was up for a challenge. You know, he put the point... uh, you know, to the sports people who didn't want trans athletes playing in the sports, he put the counterpoints to them. His producers were on the line to various trans rights groups at all times, asking them would they like to participate. RTE did nothing wrong. it's, It's pretty good, decent, I would say, bog standard journalism. If people want to phone in and say they're a bit worried about the focus on trans, about the introduction of such ideas, not ideas, I'm not saying, trans people are genuine people in my opinion. Gender dysphoria is, if you want to say confusion, identity confusion, that's real stuff that, and people should be, you know, respectful of that. But, But talking to children about 100 genders and all this stuff, so people have a right to phone in and say they're concerned about what's going on. So this group Dublin Pride then, which had RTE, the national broadcaster, as a media partner, it um, dropped its association with RTE and said that RTE was fostering hate against transgender people, which is monumental bollocks. Total bullshit. It wasn't. Um, But but rather sinister, I thought, and I talked about this briefly yesterday, the Rock, then, the Irish Parliament, the Dáil. Uh, the Dáil. Uh, TDs, like, you know, they're like UK MPs, Members of Parliament. TDs, Chuck the Dáil. Is, they've they've summoned ORT executives to come and explain why they're harassing the poor trans people. Which is mental. Isn't it? And it must be stopped. I wrote about this today. The Executives at RTE, not to put too fine a point on it, should send a very short and sharp email to the government and to Dublin Pride which says, fuck off. Fuck off. And stay fucked off. We will interview who we want and when we want to. We will discuss whatever we like when we think it's appropriate. You either get involved in the discussion, which is your absolute right, put somebody up from Dublin Pride to be interviewed, You'll be brought on, you won't have people shouting you down, you'll be able to explain why it is that you've got your knickers in a twist but don't tell us what we should be doing and who we should be allowing on our programmes. As a producer of many years, you can probably forgive me for getting really pissed off at that. Because I've had that shit here. I've had that crap. I've been reported to the police, I've been reported to regulatory agencies which have no authority over me. For talking about these issues by these scumbags, who when you ring them up, and I don't mean trans people. Trans people are not scumbags; far from it. But when I ring these people up, these people who work for, um, what's it called? What's the what? What are the morons co- called in England? What's the the Stonewall? Yeah, Stonewall. Morons, cowards, cowards, cowards. wimp, wimps, limp, dicked cowards absolute pussies, every one of them. You ring them up and you say, listen, I'm going to be talking about this. I'd love to have someone on to put the other side of it. They're cowards. Their they're, they're balls shrink, right? Their tails tuck right between their legs. And they send you back a cowardly little email saying, we don't debate bigots. No, no, it's not that. It's not that you don't debate bigots. Your arguments have no merit. They have no basis in reality. They are fucking doolally mental the stuff you're saying that's why you don't come on and you don't come on, i tell you why they don't come on with me because I won't try and ridicule them see I, I'll never do the Piers Morgan thing shout them down and laugh at them, never because I don't do that, no no I'd, I'd let them hang themselves with their own rope and they know that you see kill them with statistics and, and kindness and say, but your, your, your argument is nonsensical. It makes no sense. The guy's got a dick. He's got testicles. He couldn't possibly be a, a woman. No matter what he thinks he is. You know, you wouldn't be saying stuff like that. Like, not so so blunt as that. But that's it. I used to have that with uh, various various Zionist groups as well. Come on, talk to me about why... You're advocating for Israel. Talk to me why you're spending millions upon millions of pounds in this country corrupting politicians to turn a blind eye to the crimes of the pariah, apartheid state of Israel. Come on and talk to me about it. I'll give you all the time. Oh, we don't debate bigots. No, no, it's not that you don't debate bigots. You've got no argument, you wretched coward, you. you got nothing. All you can do is phone up newspapers, try and get shows like this cancelled but you won't meet me in a public forum or anybody else for that matter that's what you've got RTE and any other broadcaster in the name of free speech should tell these goons these muppets Stonewall and Dublin Pride either come on and sit opposite us and engage in robust but polite civilised debate or get the fuck out of here it's as simple as that that's the way it used to be Some of the greatest television presenters of all time. I don't care what you think of Oprah Winfrey. You can say she's amazing. I couldn't give a shit what she is. She was a magnificent television presenter. Would interview uh, white supremacists, would interview the Holocaust deniers, the Ku Klux Klan, and would speak to them and annihilate them with simple facts and conversation and civil discourse. That's how it used to be done. It's almost impossible to do it now. James has had a half day because it's too hot. James, you absolute wimp. He said this inquiry in Scotland, I welcome this news it's a good move. I've been into alternative media now for 22 years and I would say that I'm fully awakened or wise to the bullshite. But how on earth do we fix it, mate, he says. It's a bloody cesspit. I don't know the answer to that, how we fix it. You know, I've been hankering for a little bit of Lemmy. bit of lemmy this is motorhead and the ace of spades all together now Best song ever, uh, Lemmy and Motorhead and Ace of Spades. I'm going to play that, even though it's unlikely he's listening because he's busy. For my great friend Hayden Hewitt, who is the ultimate metalhead and a brilliant guitar player. Did you know that about Hayden Hewitt? He was in Scotland, Scotland, last week playing guitar for a very famous musician. I'm not going to drop names. I won't say because maybe I'm not supposed to say. But he was playing guitar for a very famous producer. In fact. It was a sessioning in a studio on an album playing guitar. with was Hayden. Ace of spades from Lemmy, the ace of spades. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support the Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk. Also playing that for uh, Jean-Anne Crowley, who plays a bit of air guitar. She's got an old tennis racket. She does a bit of air guitar on it. Don't laugh at air guitar. There was a university degree course on air guitar, wasn't there? Look it up. There was a university degree course on air guitar. Look at it. It's exactly eight minutes to the top of the hour. I've managed to get 52 minutes in, talking complete and utter bollocks, without any supporting editorial. You see, I told you. Well, I have played two tunes. Alright, fair enough. Fair enough. Couldn't give me that much, could you? Alex says, Richie, I'm pretty sure he says that Jimmy Cranky is a dude, says Alex. Give over, Alex. Is she really? That was quick, that. That was quick, that. You've got to give me a round of applause for that. Look at the young pictures. She's got a man's face and a man's chest. Nothing there, says Alex. It's his lowest common denominator, radio. (laughs) Steer Pike asks me, have I considered interviewing? I haven't. No. But thanks anyway for the suggestion. I appreciate that. Uh, Hi to Patrick, who says he agrees that geoengineering is real. And in his opinion, the planet appears to be uh, is being terraformed. Now, I've heard that theory before, Patrick. And the chemtrail deposits probably include nanoparticles, which everybody will now have in their bodies, waiting to be interconnected by the operating systems, which is the main construct of the jobs, Patrick. Don't get me wrong when I say this. Um, please don't, because what you say might be true, but it's some it's some leap, isn't it, for for people for anybody? It it is some leap for people to make. Number one, that chem trading is going on, right? Number one barium, aluminium. It's aluminium, you stupid Yankee bastards. There's no such thing as aluminium. So it's aluminium, it's barium and strontium and other heavy metals. Right, okay. Um, it's a stretch to get people to consider that a possibility. Now, to, to get them to consider nanoparticles, micro, that you can't even see without an electron microscope, micro computer systems, are being dropped into our bodies which might be operated by mRNA jabs. I'm open-minded, Patrick. You know that. This has been said on this programme. But try and convince anybody that that is real. This is the mountain, you see. And I'm not being a negative Nelly today. I'm not being a negative Nelly today. But it's some leap. But the terraforming thing... Listen, Patrick, absolutely, pal. You're asking me, what do I think? Yes, of course, what you are saying in 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 toto is absolutely possible. But I know if I said it to me to me uncle Jer or me auntie Katrina, they'd say, you fucking agent, Richie. But sure, you're harmless. <laughs> Richie is fucking mad, isn't he? Behind your back. I think Richie, to be honest now, has had too many litres of Bacardi ever since he went to Spain. He's a bit all over the place, Patrick. I'm. Um, I think you might be right. I don't know. Hi to Billy. Uh, thank you, Billy, for your comment about Hitler. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. L- listen back to the program yesterday and other programs if you want my opinion as to why the world's leading industrialists and bankers wanted Hitler to succeed in his endeavours before and during the Second World War. And after failing to plant Hitler as the leader of a Europe dominated by the Nazis, they then turned to the idea of the European Union. I'm not going to get into it now because there's too much in it. Um, You believe that Hitler was a great world leader. You're entitled to believe that. You believe what you want. Tim says the China lockdown to mask military movements from a billion phone cameras. Has China retrofitted thousands of ships to RORO? Have we all been looking in the wrong place? He says. uh, Thank you, Tim. Mark says Dr. Sam White is taking the government to court over the mishandling COVID. He never seems to get a mention anywhere at the moment. But the Met have accepted the evidence, says Mark. Mark, if it's up there, I'll give you the money myself. If anybody, including Sam White, who I've never heard of, gets the government in court over mishandling COVID, if it's up there, in the words of the great Les Dennis, I'll give you the money myself. It's not happening. It's not happening. I keep getting proved right and I keep getting abuse for it. Remember that idiot with going by the name of Bernicia, that clown? who I regret interviewing on this programme because he talked bollocks for an hour when he was on. Remember him two years ago? I'm going to get Matt Hancock in court. I'm going to get an arrest warrant for Matt Hancock. These are the shills and the liars of the trucer industrial complex. These are weapons of mass distraction. These people with their fucking court cases. They're not taking anybody to court. Mark, I'm not shouting at you, by the way. Forgive me. Um, Don't take this as if I'm having to go at you. I'm not. But anybody who brings this Reiner Fuelmish. Yeah. I wish I had a spare microphone, because I could fart into it now. Reiner Fuelmish, Fart into a microphone. Bollocks. Nonsense. Not gonna happen. And you know, when it doesn't happen, nobody has the humility to come and say, you were the only one, Richie, who wouldn't go along with this crap. And I'm, I'm sorry for abuse. Look, 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 the abuse doesn't bother me. I'm thick-skinned. It's online. People whose names I don't know, I don't give a shit. But do you think somebody would go... I'm not falling for it next time, Richie. I'm not falling for it. Court cases. Send me your money. No thanks. Julia. I agree with you. Read the care homes, Richie. I was so relieved I was working in care with teens rather than in care homes when this bollock started. It would have broken me to see the elderly people heartbroken. They live for regular visits from family and friends. I worked in a posh home pre-COVID with a lot of entertainment and activities, but their highlights of the week were still family visits and the, sing- the singers and the entertainers were also stopped as well, she says. They stopped the singers, the entertainers, the comedians that often do the rounds of care homes to entertain our, uh, our, our elderly loved ones. Yeah, it's evil, she says, to do, in people's last months, to do that is evil and it's still going on. Julia, thanks for that message. I can't add to that. That's absolutely spot on. It's, um, what is it? It's uh, two minutes, or just under two minutes to six o'clock. We've nearly got to the top of the hour, I'm telling you. Talk about fake news for a moment, if you don't mind. Can I play a tune before we talk about fake news? Because that's going to take about 20 minutes. Am I allowed to play a tune? Again, would you like to hear the clash, I Fought the Law? You wouldn't. Tough shit, Paddy. Here's the clash, I Fought the Law, on the Richie Allen Show. live, live. From Salter breaking rocks in the hot sun. Yeah, the Clash. I fought is the law on the Richie Allen show. Am I going over well? Is it, are you enjoying this show tonight? You are. You are. Only three songs in an hour, eh? Some going for one man, eh? Eh? You sending yourself flowers again? Are you, Bolly? I am. You don't own that plane. The taxpayers do. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. That's right. That your body can't cash. That's right. I also love this one. Remember this one? But You remember one thing. You screw up just this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Yes, sir. You know, every morning I get up, a little part of me dies when I realise that Maverick Top Gun 2 hasn't yet been released on Blu-ray. A little part of me dies inside. I can't wait to watch the film again. I'm not going to do the saddo thing and go to the cinema to watch it again. That's the sort of thing I did when I was younger. <laughs> Myself and Froggy, we went to see U2 3D, which, listen, even though Bono was an absolute arsewipe, U2 3D was the first film ever ever. No, no. It was the first film of its type ever. The first time a rock and roll band had a concert filmed in 3D. it You had to see this to believe it. I've seen 3D films in the cinema and they looked really well. Like Ready Player One and The Polar Express which was incredible in 3D. The cartoon with uh, Tom Hanks, your man Tom Hanks. We might come back to Tom Hanks. Brilliant, but to see the U two three D thing, they were on the Vertigo tour in two thousand and five. They were in, they were on the South America leg of the tour, playing in these ridiculous stadiums, you know, football stadiums, Buenos Aires, River Plate, stuff like that. And uh, so we went to see this in the cinema. He got the big goggles, he put them on, and this was so well done. At times, it did feel like. People in the seat in front of you were standing up and blocking the screen. But they weren't. There were people in the crowd at River Plate. It was an amazing thing. I think they spent a small fortune on it, U2. didn't make any money back, but it was art. Amazing. We, We were living in Spain and we had to go and see it in the version original, which of course it would be. They're not going to dub the U2 music, are they? Into Spanish. So we went to see it. We're blown away by it. And if memory serves me... I think we returned about five more times. No exaggeration. To watch it again, we 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 took some of Caroline's customers. We we that's the excuse we used. It's a brilliant film at the at the uh, cinema in Malaga. Is there? Yeah, U two 3D. It's 3D. Like you think you're at the U two Oh, I'd love to see. You. Well, I can drive you if you want. <laughs> oh, thanks for doing me a great favor. Yes, I am. I'm doing you a great favor. Couldn't wait to see it again and again and again and again. John, thanks for the link with uh, Matty McGrath. I'll have a look at it later on, if you don't mind. Uh, Busy has come back on to say, yes, the air guitar stuff, there was, there was a, a course. And this is from an article in The Guardian in 2005. Yes, there was. You see, I have a deep memory. Richie, what's your thoughts on William Milton Cooper and his book, Behold a Pale Horse, says William Henderson? I'm going to tell you the truth. I never read it. I'm aware of the book. I'm aware of the content of the book, William, but I've not ever sat down and read it. So uh, maybe maybe I should read it. Monk says, I've hammered the steering wheel on the lorry here in Canada. Thanks for Motorhead, Richie. Hi to uh, Richard Kelly. Thanks, Richard. Hi to David, who says, I had to laugh at this model kit available from Hobbycraft. You've got to go on Common Live to see it. It's a Motorhead tour truck model. Fantastic. Fantastic. Probably worth a few, Bob. If it was never unboxed. What do you think? Eat the Rich, still one of my favourites, says uh, Faisal. Nelly says, They want to ban proper open debates because they have no argument. They are doctors of spin. And if there is debate, it's narrow uh, tunnel vision. It's narrow tunnel vision debate, says Nelly. Absolutely, Nelly. Amen to that. Okay, right. Let's talk about fake news. Because it's in the news today. The European Union, I got this from Reuters, is beefing up its code of practice on disinformation by enlisting more tech companies beyond Google Twitter and Facebook parent Meta and adding measures to prevent online purveyors of fake news from profiting. Simply put, a lot of tech companies have agreed to be regulated by the European Union. They've added more tech companies who have agreed to take guidance on dealing with misinformation and fake news. Not to take guidance, but to take legislation, to take instruction if you don't do it our way, will fine you. The European Union's Executive Commission unveiled an update today to its four-year-old voluntary code that, together with sweeping new rules in the pipeline for digital companies, will step up its efforts to fight the spread of false information in the 27-member bloc. EU leaders are alarmed about this information. They're alarmed about it flourishing on online platforms, notably involving the COVID-19 pandemic, and Russian propaganda amid the war in Ukraine. The Code shows Europe's efforts to take a global lead in clamping down on fake news, while officials in the United States have done little to curb its spread. According to European Commission Vice President Vera Jourova, speaking to reporters, Vera said, disinformation is a growing problem in the EU and we have to take stronger measures. 33 online platforms tech companies and civil society groups have now signed up to the voluntary code, double the number from a year ago. The newest additions include Amazon-owned video game streaming service Twitch, video sharing platform Vimeo and audio-only social network Clubhouse. Fake news. We've got to tackle fake news, disinformation and misinformation. Companies must voluntarily agree to sign up to a code of conduct, failing that, we will find them into oblivion. Now, they won't find them into oblivion but they're making all sorts of threats. Now, I think I've written about this. Now, when I say I've written about this, it often sounds very arrogant. It sounds as if I'm preambling into well, I know what I'm talking about. I don't. I haven't a clue. This is just opinion stuff. But I do believe, having read Orwell's 1984 probably three times in my life, I do believe that the term misinformation is an example of what George Orwell described as newspeak. Now, if you look up a dictionary definition of newspeak, it'll tell you it's propagandistic language that is characterised by euphemism, circumlocution, and the inversion of customary meanings. Keep that in mind, the inversion of customary meanings. And when you think about that newspeak, and then you apply it to Terms like hate speech, hate crime, white privilege, transphobia, homophobia. These are limiting, debate-closing, simplistic and inverted terms. And why do they appear? Well, they appear and they are... Inserted into the vernacular, he says, using posh words now, they are inserted into our discourse, into our language, to, to place limits on people's ability to do the most important thing in the world, which is to think for themselves. That's hate speech. Christ, well, I better not think about that. Uh, transphobia, right, Christ, shut your mouth, don't say a thing. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. Might be transphobic. So you don't think for yourself. You don't think, well, what the fuck is transphobia? Nobody's scared of trans people. So what's really going on? So misinformation is newspeak. Fake news is newspeak. It's basically a one-size-fits-all term for anything that your government or other so-called authorities do not want you to hear or to see. There's a great irony. And the great irony is, is that the government and the other authorities, they trade in misinformation. Don't they? Uh, Saddam has weapons of mass destruction. Uh, he didn't, and they fucking knew he didn't. But they told you he did. Is that misinformation or disinformation? Um, we Jet fuel can cause steel to become unstable and to collapse skyscrapers in under an hour into... ...their own footprint. That's bullshit. That's misinformation. But they told us anyway. We need to... lock down ...to protect the NHS. That became a phrase. Lockdown to protect the NHS. That became a phrase. That is newspeak. That is misinformation. That is bullshit. The NHS was run into the ground... ...by the same people... ...asking you to protect the NHS. In fact, the NHS needs to be protected... ...from the cabal... ...that reduced bed capacity... By half, by more than half in the last 30 years. It's an inversion. Misinformation. Lockdown to protect the NHS. But you fucked the NHS. Yes billions were thrown at it but they weren't spent properly. Brown envelopes lots of money went missing. You reduced bed capacity you reduced the amounts of doctors and nurses while the population was growing year on year. You're a fuckwit. And you're asking us to protect the NHS. You see? Misinformation. The NHS doesn't need to be saved from a relatively mild illness. Now, park what you think about COVID to one side. I'm not looking for an argument with you. Yes, I know some of you don't believe it exists, and I respect you for that. But let's pretend it does. It was a problem for people who are very ill anyway, or very, very, very old. That doesn't mean that we say, fuck them. No, no, I said earlier on what we should have done. We should have taken care of them. Locking them into a room by themselves... Sending people who look like robots into them, people who look like um, extras from the movie Outbreak to terrorise the older people and banning them from seeing their grandchildren and their own children is torture. That's not protecting them. That fucking killed them, as the Scottish Inquiry is finding. The thing to do was to get them out in the open air, give them all the vitamin supplements, as naturally as you possibly can, all the D3, all the zinc, all the potassium, all the magnesium, and get him out in the fresh air, as I said already 15 times. This is inversion. The NHS is there to deal with respiratory infections, not to be locked down to protect it. It's an inversion. It's logic turned upside down, turned on its head. It is fucking madness that more people don't stop and think, why would they be saying, basically, don't get sick to protect the NHS? Why would they be looking at a camera, looking right into our living rooms and telling us don't get sick to protect the fucking NHS? I'm sure the last time I looked at my paycheck, there was a national insurance deduction as well as a lot of tax that entitles me to use the NHS whenever I need to use it. What's going on? Newspeak. Protect the NHS. They talk about Russia. They don't give a shit about Russia. They want you to believe they do. Fake news. The Russians are using fake news to undermine our elections. Bullshit. Nonsense. There's no, no, no truth in it. And by the way, don't think for a moment that I have any sympathy with Nigel Farage or Aaron Banks or any of these fucking arseholes on the right. All these uh, um, what would you call them? Mainstream-like characters. Distractors. Guys like Farage given to you by the establishment to distract you no time for any of them. But Russia has not been manipulating elections in this country or anywhere else. Has it tried to? Maybe. Why not? Have our governments done it? They're doing it right now as we speak. They don't care about Russia. They care about you. They care about me. Having a discourse on the internet and trying to get information to people. Who, who would be otherwise unaware of it. Namely, the jabs are deadly. For some, not for everyone. They're deadly. Can't have that. So the accusation of spreading misinformation is, is really all about independent journalism, content creators, and people who don't do independent journalism, but who have a big following on social media. Could be the guy next door. The guy next door might be an influencer. The woman across the street might be an influencer. She might have 75,000 people on Instagram following her. She might think Jesus Christ, Auntie Doris or Auntie Maisie has dropped dead after having the Pfizer jab. I want to talk about that. No, no, no. No. That's what the legislation is really all about. We've got to stop that. We've got to stop it. We've got to stop people having these open conversations which is what human beings have been doing ever since human beings ever landed here however we got here. Having conversations, sharing ideas, swapping stories, prodding and poking at one another's narratives. Well, I don't think you're right there because, and they say back to yeah, but Richie, but you were wrong there. Yeah, okay, I was. Yeah, yeah, that's what we've been doing. No, can't do that. We mustn't have it. That's this is this this is the next thing. Climate change, and this the shutting down of climate change. The the centralised digital currencies and the attack on free speech. These are, the, these are the three wheels. If you want to see it as a, I don't know, some sort of a, um, a, a three-pronged attack on civilization. That's where you're going now. Climate change. What's the other one I said apart from climate change? What did I say? I'm an idiot. Um, obviously the attack on free speech. What, what's wrong with my brain? It's just frozen. Yeah, anyway, look, you heard me. Um, Who gets to decide what is and isn't misinformation? Historically, adult human beings. Adult, sentient adult human beings should get to decide what is and isn't true. Should be you and me, basically. Right? Why should anyone else have the right to tell me or to determine for me what is true and what isn't true? Um. I'll figure out what is and isn't true by myself, thank you very much. I don't need you, a government department, or you, a social media company, hiding things from me for my own good. That's fascism. It's totalitarianism. It's an ism. Give it an ism. Call it whatever name you want. It's evil incarnate. We'll tell you what you can see for your own good. No, no, I'll figure that out. But increasingly we won't be able to. That's what you have today in the European Union. You have governments under the umbrella of the European Union, non-governmental organisations, we heard there are 33 interests now who have joined this, social media giants, and the legacy media coming together to destroy the independent media and your ability. Presuming I'm speaking to you, presuming you're not creating content and you're not an independent media content creator, to prevent you from having those conversations. Okay? They haven't just begun to do this in the last two and a half to three years. They've been doing it for decades, but it's accelerated. You should have the right to decide for yourself after hearing every point of view. It is... I can't find the language to describe it. The idea that somebody, some faceless bastard, can say... You can hear Sarah Gilbert from Oxford talking about the jabs. You can. We will put Sarah Gilbert in front of you talking about the Oxford AstraZeneca jab. But the Harvard scientist whose qualifications are just as impressive, or maybe more, maybe not more, but just as impressive as Sarah Gilbert's, you can't fucking hear him. That's misinformation. But who are you? Uh, we're not telling you. Who's making the decisions? We're not telling you. Who made the decision that I can't hear the Harvard guy tell me the jabs are deadly? We're not telling you. It's misinformation. It's fake news. If you keep posting it, we'll ban you. Forever. And we we are getting increasingly better, or we are getting increasingly more um, su- not successful, but we we are yeah we we are getting better at following you so that when we delete your first account we know it's you when you attempt to upload a new account. They've done it to me. Booted me off Twitter. I went back on, not because I want to be on Twitter or because I'll show them. I didn't give a shit. I don't want to be on Twitter. I fucking hate it. But I I got the account, the second one, because it is handy once in a blue moon. If somebody I would like to to interview, excuse me, is on Twitter and is not contactable by other means, and if I'm lucky, and they leave their message open, right, if they leave their messaging open, it was handy to send a message and say, listen, Richie Allen, love to have you on. I'm not really on Twitter because they banned me. This is just some account. So they they deleted that account as well, uh, a few weeks back. So that's what they're doing, and they're going to continue to do it. Climate change. The centralized digital currencies just come back to me. And going after down to the smallest accounts, stopping the discourse, the conversation around what it is they're doing, not just about the jobs. The plans they have for society and the impact that's going to have on civilizations, which is terrible. They don't want people talking about that before they do it or when they do it. So they gotta stop it. And I argue, and I have argued on the website, they are constructing Orwell's Ministry of Truth in front of our eyes. That's what they're doing. They are building Orwell's Ministry of Truth. Again, not just coming for the independent media. There's no arrogance here or ego. It's not about me. It never was. Or anybody else. There are people with bigger followings uh, than than this show has. Not many, but there are. But there are. They're coming for the right of the individual. You, me, my missus, your missus, your husband, your right to hold views or opinions formulated through your personal experiences and through your own independent research. That's what it's all about. When you read these stories about agreements between the European Union and the tech companies, that's what's really going on. Coming for your right to hold views or to formulate opinions through your personal experiences and your own independent research. That was a given. That was a given until the latter part of the last decade. A given that it didn't matter what you thought or what you said, you were entitled to it. You might find yourself subject to ridicule. You might have a few people walk away from you. Your mates might go, sure, he's lost the plot altogether. He's, He's as mad as a box of frogs now. But the state had no interest in it. It didn't believe it had any right to moderate it, to censor it, or to punish you for having it. And I've written other articles about this over the years. That's why social media companies were created. To get the discourse confined to one particular space to make it easier to bring in the Orwell's Ministry of Truth, which we're seeing right now right in front of our eyes, and which is going to get very serious in the next Parliament, because the UK Parliament is going to recess really soon isn't it? It's going to recess soon for summer, when they come back in late summer, early autumn and the Online Harms Bill starts making its progress through Parliament well then we'll know we're alive then this is the Richie Allen Show this is Gary Barlow and Takes That and Greatest Day. What a song this is. Today this could come to me. Oh. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. Are you a company based in the northwest of England who want to improve their profile via social media? Yes. Well, you could go out in the car park and film something on your phone, but it's not very good, is it? No. It sounds terrible. Yes! The picture's not that great. Yes. Try Ensign Films. We're a new video production company based in the heart of Manchester. We're really old. We've had loads of experience and we can work within your budget. Don't go out in the car park with Debbie from Accounts. Seriously, ensignfilms.co.uk. Yes. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. And the time is coming up for 28 minutes past the hour. Dave, the nurse, says, Hi Dave, the moral of clinical staff deteriorated yearly as they became less. And managers who knew all. I think you mean the morals of clinical staff, their moral compass declined as they became less in number and Dave says managers who knew Foucault took charge of how things were to be done in order to fulfil targets, well said Dave and if I remember, this p- began, maybe it began under Major, maybe Thatcher but it really kicked off under Tony the mass murdering fucking bastard Blair, who was given the order of the Garter by that psychotic Queen oh the Queen is lovely, Isn't she cuddly and she's lovely She's lovely with her little curly hair and her handbag. She's a chunt. Chunt, I said. How could you give him anything? There are a million Iraqis dead and three million more still not returned to the country because of what he did. And you give him the Order of the Garter or something like that. Why don't you give him a, a lance up the arse and out through his mouth? I'd have more respect for you, Queen. Wouldn't it be lovely? Eh? Throw darts at him for the rest of his fucking life. Horrible, horrible, evil human being, Tony Blair. Ah, oh, yeah. The Queen. I think it came in under Blair. Absolutely. Bruce says, um, The Newspeak or the Orwellian speech is an expanded version of the language of the abuser. It's your fault. I punish you because you are a bad person. Ian says, the European Union Commission, we want to increase censorship. Silicon Valley says, well, if we must. Pennywise liked the heavy metal music earlier on. Wouldn't say metal now anymore, would you? He said, a trans person or a transvestite comes to his job every now and again, sometimes dressed like a woman, sometimes dressed like a bloke. And everyone at work has a giggle whenever he or she is dressed up. Not to his face, obviously, but behind the bar. I don't think this will ever change, even if we all pretend it's normal. It's, it's, yes. And there's nothing wrong with saying that it isn't the norm. People get very offended when, when, when somebody says, that's not normal. They, they take it very personally. They take it as if they are being called a freak or something. When, when most people wouldn't, wouldn't mean it like that. No, it's not that you're a freak, but it isn't the norm. It's less than 1%, I believe. People who identify. You know, people who were born male, say, but identify as female, or, or vice versa. So it isn't the norm. It is, an um, or you could say it is anomalous. You might say it's anomalous. Vicky says, Bone You in 3D, what a nightmare that would be. No, no, it was brilliant. It was brilliant, and whatever you might think of Bone You, U2's canon, U2's catalogue, it Brilliant songs, brilliant pop songs, brilliant rock songs that have stood the test of time, Vicky. Yes, he might be the most insufferable arsehole that ever lived. And you won't get too much of an argument from me. But uh, no, U2 3D, I don't think it was ever given a release on Blu-ray. Because I don't think 3D televisions ever really took off, did they? Remember some years ago, um, some of the pubs started advertising Watch the football in 3D. Sky Sports at a 3D channel. Come and watch Arsenal versus Liverpool or United versus Chelsea in 3D. I was in Nottingham for a bit uh, thinking about getting a pub there. Uh, lovely people I met there. And on the way back, one of the pubs we were sitting in on our way back to the airport to go back to live in Spain. They were shown the 3D. It didn't work. It doesn't work on small tellies. Davy says, Don't rule out the court cases, Richie. Davy. Look, I don't tell people what to think. Uh, But nobody's going to take the government to court and win a victory. No judge is going to declare that the lockdowns were illegal, unreasonable, and should never happen again. It's just not going to happen. Davey says, a group of solicitors took the Northern Ireland Health Authority to court and got the jabbing of kids stopped in schools. A great victory. Kids had to attend a jab centre if their parents wanted them jabbed. Uh, And then he mentions this other doctor again, uh, thanks for that, Davy. Dazza says, Richie, the music is on fire, he says. But then I played Take That, you see. And if you like metal, you're probably not too, you know, gone. You're not too enamoured by Take That. He says, I noticed that you get swearier as the week progresses. Choir boy on Monday and Irish Navi by Thursday, says Daza. Might be something in that. <laughs> <It might be. laughs> Patrick says he came back. So you're right, Richie. What some of us suspect is a massive leap for most. Especially in the context that most people can't even accept that they've been scammed by COVID, September 11th, JFK and other things. Exactly, Patrick. So to ask them to consider nanotechnology as as real, you know. Pod says, you're on top form today, lad. You've had me laughing for an hour. Laughing at what? Didn't say anything funny today, Pod. But thank you very much. I'm chuffed. If I was an ice cream, I would eat myself. Yeah. Uh, Leslie says, I received a phone call from my friend this morning with some sad news. Says Leslie. His Thai wife has been diagnosed wait for it with prostate cancer. (laughs) Very good. That deserves that deserves the big send off that. But I don't have it. What's wrong with me? Ah, Richie. Ah, sure. There was a can... Oh, there it is. That deserves b- my- I received a phone call from my friend this morning with some sad news. His Thai wife was diagnosed with prostate cancer. What's wrong with my system today? <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. We mentioned Tom Hanks earlier on. These stories are designed to rile you, and they shouldn't rile you. You know, these virtues signalling stories. These are souls like Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Whatever people think of Tom Hanks. Some accusations have been leveled against Tom Hanks. A guy called Isaac Cappy came on the Richie Allen show some years ago. And he uh, he's dead now, regrettably. And I did the very first interview with Isaac Cappy ever. I think it's still on Podomatic. Um he had some minor but not insignificant parts in films. And he believed that the abuse of children, very young children, is an open secret in Hollywood. And it's a bit of a sport in Hollywood. And he wanted to name lots of people on the show. But um, I I probably don't have to explain to you, I wouldn't allow him to name people. Unless he provided me with some hard evidence. That's journalism, folks. That's all folks, right? Now, he was very good. And he agreed. And I said, now, do I have to pre-record you, Isaac, or can I trust you on the live show? And he said, you can trust me. And um, I trusted him. And to his absolute, to his eternal credit, he didn't do it. He didn't name anyone. Um, And I think he, at one time, I think after that, he went on other platforms and he named every A-lister you could think not every one of them, but he named quite a lot of them. And he made accusations against them. I think he made accusations about Tom Hanks. But but no evidence. N- none whatsoever. You do see this stuff online from time to time. You know, you see, um, what was it called? Help me out, dear listen. What was it called? What was it called? Jesus, Pizzagate. Pizzagate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pizzagate. And you're, oh, Tom Hanks. Bullshit. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Oh, you're a shill, You're a mason. Co- no, I'm not covering anything up. Uh, evidence. Where's the evidence? So, no evidence, um, but stuff has been said. He, I think at his best, I think he was a fantastic actor. What do you know about it, Paulie, you pretentious bastard? Nothing. I'm just like anybody else who watches films. I know what I like and I like what I know. And I know when somebody is excelling and convincing me, you know, of the part they're playing. I, I can think of any number of parts which really moved me over the years I'm partial to a bit of Tom Cruise born on the 4th of July Ron Kovic I interviewed him back in my Spain days I interviewed Ron very good interviewee he was don't know if, the, don't know if it's worth asking him to come back on this programme is Ron still alive? hope he is if he's not, apologies but um, that was amazing I-, I believed Tom Cruise when he was lying in the hospital bed and the orderlies and the nurses were telling him that they would have to amputate his legs. That scene where he has a panic attack and he is stumbling over his words and he's telling the nurses that these are his legs, they're my legs, that was powerful. I, I went to see that in the cinema and I believed what was going on on screen was real. He was so good. I think Tom Hanks, at his best, was exceptional. He's exceptional in Philadelphia playing Andy, the lawyer, who rightly sues his law firm for dismissing him when they suspect that he has AIDS. And a reluctant Denzel Washington agrees to to be his counsel, even though Denzel Washington has a very dim view of of homosexuality. Something he shares with his pals in the bar. I think he says um, that they make him sick, he says, or something like that, but the law is the law. It's a very powerful film. And then he develops a relationship with Andy and he realises that Andy is actually a man, a lovely man with a lovely family and a partner played by that great um, actor who's not Spanish. Is he? Is he, um, is he Mexican? Is he? Latin American? What's his name, eh? Is it um, Antonio Bande? Is it him? Is it Antonio Banderas who plays uh, Tom Hanks' partner? Beautifully played by him as well. And Denzel Washington sees you know, this is a guy like his Sexuality doesn't define who he is, he's a guy. Tom Hanks is brilliant in it. And I think, well I know because I researched it today, he won his first Oscar playing Andy in Philadelphia. And then, ridiculously, he was given the Oscar the following year for playing Forrest Gump, which is ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous that he was given the, the Oscar for playing Forrest Gump. Ridiculous. The good actors could play a part like that with their eyes closed, in my opinion. A guy who knows nothing about acting. Although, as a young lad, I did play Nanki Poo in uh, Gilbert and Sullivan's The Mikado. And I was brilliant, by the way. Just in case you're wondering, I was brilliant. Stole the show. If I was an ice cream, I told you. If I was a bar of chocolate, I would absolutely cannibalise myself. Now, Tom Hanks, this dickhead, has told New York Times Magazine that he couldn't play the gay character Andy today. He said, I couldn't do it, and rightly so, he says, because we are beyond that now, and I don't think people would accept the inauthenticity of a straight guy playing a gay guy. What a crock of shit. And typically, typically, the magazine, the, the writer who interviewed him, the his fellow thespians, Journalists. Nobody's called out this bullshit. Nobody. No, no, he's right, he's right. A straight man shouldn't play a gay man. Under any circumstances. I pointed out today on my website. um, By that logic, somebody who was never a priest shouldn't play a priest. Somebody who was never ordained. Um, If you've never seen the inside of a gym, you shouldn't play a boxer. You shouldn't play a basketball star. And let's uh, be honest about it. If you want to go down that road, uh, Sarah Paulson, amazing actress, think American Horror Story, gay, lesbian. Zachary Quinto, brilliant lad, he's gay, plays Spock in the new Star Wars movies. Kristen Stewart, emo, mad as a box of frogs, probably the biggest pain in the arse of all time, but she's a very good actress and she's a lesbian. So, they're fucked then, aren't they? They shouldn't be playing straight people. Mad that this stuff goes around. And there's such a reluctance to laugh at it, like. We used to laugh at stuff like this, didn't we? Like, properly laugh at it. But now it's a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's acting, man. Isn't it brilliant that you were able to portray a man, a gay man with AIDS convincingly because you immersed yourself in the the idea. You thought about what it would be like. What must it be like to be gay? And maybe, you know, back in the time it was filmed, know that you weren't really accepted by people. That um, you were frowned upon, that people found you disgusting. What must it must it have been like? And you're working for a high-profile law firm, and then you get fired. The humiliation. It's acting, isn't it? But no, no, no. You can't have any of that. You think of Hilary Swank played a trans person, as far as I remember, in 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 a film. Eddie Redmayne, this English actor, I think he's played a trans person in a film. And by all accounts, they did a great job of it. But no, you can't do it now because it's inauthentic let's not have acting then let's pack films out with real police officers and see how fucking good those films are with wooden performances and guys who can't hit their mark in front of a camera let's get real firemen and firewomen in films, real lawyers mad shit, Tom Hanks speaking to New York Times Magazine today he was also in the news today because he's married to Rita Wilson who's a very very good actress And as far as I understand, um, somewhere in New York today, they came out of a restaurant or a building and they were swamped and somebody nearly knocked her on her arse, his wife. And Tom lost his shit and swore. It's all over the internet today if that's your thing. It's 17 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. And this is madness. It's absolute madness, this. And this is madness, by the way. Madness, It Must Be Love, The Richie Allen Show, 14 minutes to 7 o'clock. Wayne says, You wouldn't get calls for gay actors to only play gay roles as there would be so few parts for them. Should non-binaries only be allowed to play non-binaries or should they be allowed to play all genders because they are not any particular gender? And then he goes on to say, at a fictional wedding on Hollyoaks last week, the service commenced with the announcement, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folk, we are gathered here today. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) At all. Ian says, I think it's best that we do not take political advice from adult pretenders. What the fudge do they know? Hanks' is pandering to the trends would say the opposite if he thought it would keep the cancel culture for, from getting him too. Didn't Brian Cranston say something similar? The Breaking Bad actor. Didn't he say something about not playing parts or certain parts? Did he play a gay part? Or a gay role, I should say. Hmm... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's scroll on down. Plenty of comments. Thank you. You came through for me. You listened to me. Thank you very much. Jenny says, that's the end of the acting profession then. Amen, Jenny. Isabel says, now we'll have to take serial killers out of jail to play a serial killer part. That deserves it. (laughs) 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 Oh fantastic That's the comment of the day That wins the internet Take serial killers out of jail to play a serial killer party Remember when Fred West was alive Can you imagine it? At HMS Prison wherever the fuck HMS Prison wherever the fuck Is a real prison by the way It's somewhere south of the M62 Fred West, yes That's how he speaks Fred West, yes Fred, you're, you're, you're up The BBC are making a brand new four part series About a serial killer, you're up, yes do, do I get to kill? No, you don't, Fred. You don't get to kill people. It's props. They got plastic knives and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. But you'll, you'll bring something to the part, Fred, that nobody else could, you mad bastard. <laughs> very good, Isabel. Very, very good. Uh, Jojo says, Richie, I was partaking in a poker tournament last... Uh, wait, 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 I'll read, I'll start again. Richie, last Saturday, I was participating in a poker tournament. At break time, I visited the loo. Whilst washing my hands, a man wearing a dress, high heels and makeup came in and had a slash. (laughs) Women tittle and men slash. That's how I knew he had penis intactimus. When he came out, I said, you are in the wrong toilets. You shouldn't be using the ladies. He said I was rude and insensitive. I said, you're a man. And you should be using the men's toilets. He stormed out and called me transphobic. That fucking idiot. Do you remember that uh, video? That that clip that came out of that horrible looking fucker in New York. Um, It's ma'am! Remember that guy? There was a guy, uh, obviously a man dressed as a woman, went into a some sort of a store, as they called him in America. Went into a store and was served by a chap who referred to the trans, as um, sir, <laughs> can I help you, sir? It's ma'am, and then the big, horrible, muscular bastard threatened the clerk that he would beat him up if he c- continued to call him sir. I wonder if I can get, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if I can get a clip of it, please, God, please, God. My production powers are just as good as my presenting skills. Told you, ice cream, chocolate. Yeah, if I could do it, I would do that thing that male dogs do, but I'm not supple enough. Now, hang on, listen to this. Hang on, hang on you give me my fucking money back. Excuse me, sir, there's a young man in here. Now, Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. It's not ma'am, you big ugly bastard. You need to settle down and mind your business, okay? You want to see the state of this thing? I'm sure you've seen this clip on online. How could you call yourself ma'am? Ma'am, once again, ma'am. I said both of you. No, you said sir. Once again, it's ma'am. I actually said both of you guys. in general. Right beforehand, you fucking said sir. You fucking said sir, but you are. You're a big, dirty, hairy man with a wig on you. Okay. Motherfucker, take it outside. If you want to call me sir again, I will show you a fucking sir. I have to tell you, dear listener, I've hinted at it before, my past. I don't believe in violence, but I was very capable at one time. Not tough talk now, genuinely. Anybody who knows me will confirm that. I would have taken him outside and beaten the piss out of him. I'd have beaten the fucking granny out of him. His ancestors would have felt what I would have done to him. Threatening me like that in front of my fellow employees and and my other customers. It's ma'am! Motherfucker! And off he went then. I don't know if he was ever arrested for that. breaching the peace and all of that, yeah. It's ma'am! It's not, ma'am. You big grizzly fucker. Thanks for reminding me of that, Jojo. And well done. Men should not be using the ladies without asking permission. I don't mind men who identify as women having the humility to at least ask permission before entering. That's the thing that pisses people off. It's like that survey found earlier on. People are kind. They are. In general, people are kind. They're kind-hearted. A little bit embarrassed sometimes, but they want to do the decent thing. Meet people halfway and people will, more, will, will extend the hand of friendship. That's the way I've always been. In my entire life, you know, th- th- couldn't, th- no part of me could embarrass a man who identifies as a woman or, or put them down or make them feel small. No, no. No, let's meet halfway here. But you can't tell me I have to believe you're a woman because I don't. And I never will. No matter what, you know, you threaten me with, I'm not going to believe you're a woman. But I'll call you whatever you want and I'm, I'm happy to work with you and to, to share a beer with you. Jesus, of course I am. That's how I have lived my life. I think that's why I'm still alive. You know, live and let live. Do one to others and all of that. Remember that. It's ma'am. <laughs> Richard says he would have given um, him a kick in the in the pussy, he says, if he talked to him like that. Isabel came back to say, do you remember Little Britain, I'm a lady? And all those sketches. No doubt they wouldn't be allowed on telly nowadays. Well, they wouldn't be allowed on television. I think Little Britain has been heavily censored, hasn't it? It's not being shown anymore, is it? Or am I totally wrong? Or is it being shown with disclaimers now? Showing, showing up on screen uh, beforehand. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Yes, okay. Noel says, uh, is there any word on the British Navy ship docked in Cork Harbour? Armed forces on our soil, says Noel. Not a word about it in the news. Well, that's it, Noel. It's the first I've heard of it. I wouldn't have known it if it um, wasn't uh, for you telling me that. Could it be that the British Navy ship got into some difficulty somehow? Might it have popped into Cork Harbour to pick up some provisions maybe. Might it have popped in for the lads to go on the piss maybe in their civilians. Uh, it might not be so sinister and all. Um, but listen, Made Ireland is not a sovereign nation anymore anyway. Does it matter? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, it, don't, it isn't. And uh, listen, I, 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 there was a time when I'd be just like you. What? A British Navy ship docked in Cork Harbour or in Cove or in Waterford in Passage East. Oh my God. But uh, it doesn't matter anymore and no. all. Ireland is dead and gone. Long gone, long dead. That's it for me. I'm out of here. I've had enough now, to be honest. Hi to Christine, who's just back from her holiday in my old stomping ground of Waterford in Kilkenny. Christine said we had a beautiful time at Ball, visiting people and feeling normal again. The weather was gorgeous. We had a good, uh, we had a beautiful Airbnb in Pilltown, Mooncoin. We had you on the tour, says Christine, my pal. Thank you, Christine. Glad to hear you enjoyed yourself. And Rachel says, Richie, remember, it was not just the old deers being tortured in care homes, but also people with disabilities. Actually, Annette, who said that. Thank you, Annette. You're absolutely right to uh, remind me of that too. Listen, that's it for the week's Richie Allen shows. Thank you for putting up with me today. We got there in the end, didn't we? Just about to 7 o'clock. Next time we talk, you and me will be Sunday morning, Sunday morning melodies, unless that is not your thing. In which case, I'll speak to you on Monday. Max Egan joins me. Got some great guests booked in next week. It's been a long time since I heard from Max Egan. What is he doing in Mexico? Let's find out. We'll have a chat with the old boy. Not so old on Monday. In the meantime, uh, Sunday at 10 for Sunday Morning Melodies. You enjoy the rest of your Thursday. And please do have a lovely weekend. Have a fantastic weekend. And take care of yourselves and one another. Leaving you with a classic from The Who. It's Won't Get Fooled Again. Not sure that's true. I'm sure they'll get fooled again. Hopefully, hopefully, it'll stop at some time in the future. See you soon, by the way. Bye! Bye!